Hey guys, welcome to the College Life Podcast. Today there's no Marty because he's off doing very important college pastor stuff because that's a thing that totally exists. Um, today we're going to be starting our new series on freshmen and kind of like their guide to surviving college and all that stuff. We are dubbing it College Declassified Freshman Survival Guide. So today it's just me, Ben, and it is uh, Faith, Travis, and Sawyer. Say hi, Sawyer. Hello. <laughs> say hey, Faith. Hi. Travis, say hello. Hello. All right. All right, so starting off, we're going to do advice for any incoming freshmen, like how to find a group, how to find their place, you know, just any advice that might be helpful to them. This question's going out to any of the three people. My biggest piece of advice would be to get off campus, you know, especially if you're living in a dorm. You don't want to spend your whole first year on campus. You want to get out and see the local state parks, see all the the big attractions in the city so you can be more comfortable driving around and knowing the city a little better. You don't want to just be sheltered on campus all year. I think that's a really good point. I um I remember there were so many people that just, they don't know this side of, of town, like where our church is at or like how to get around at all. And like, it's really hard to get invested in a community when you don't know how to get around it. So I agree with that point. I also, I do think that there is good opportunities on campus though, as well. Um, I would say if you are already pretty set in what major you're going to be in or anything like that, join specific clubs that are around your major and things to get connected with people that you're going to see in class and stuff like that. So you're not just walking into class and expecting to make friends that way because that can be a little bit difficult because a lot of times when you're on campus a lot of people think you know I'm going to socialize a lot well it can be a little bit intimidating when you're walking into a classroom and no one's talking at all and everyone's Mm -hmm. just kind of sitting there because a lot of people go to college just to get their education and leave yeah Yeah, especially at like if you're going to a community college a lot of the times (laughs) the (laughs) atmosphere is pretty quiet and no one's really (laughs) doing much they're just there to get you know get their job done and move on so yeah i maybe talked to like three people unless it was a lab you have to talk to people in labs but like in a in a lecture i never spoke to anybody and nobody ever ever spoke yeah the only people i talked to at tcc was like people i accidentally bumped into in the hallway and i was apologizing for it (laughs) (laughs) and you better apologize (laughs) Go ahead, Faith. My, that advice, <laughs> my advice would to be is to be like bold. Um, so you can't expect people to come up and talk to you to make friends or to try new things. That you have to go out and search for those things yourself. So like the clubs, like you have to go to those and search for those. You can't just expect to be handed a pamphlet to join this. Like you have to actually take initiative. I think that's a really good point. Um, how like what advice would you give to a freshman if they're like looking for a church or like a Christian group on this like in this new campus and city that they're in? I think it really comes down to them as a person where they're where they're living is going to be a big factor because if you're on campus and you don't have a car, it's not going to be super easy to get plugged into a church that's off campus. 
So if you're in that situation, I'd suggest looking into the, the local campus organizations, the BCM, the NAVS, the Catholic Student Union, whatever faith background you have. And through that, pair up with someone, make a friend, and check out their church. Check out somebody else's church. Because it's a lot easier to go and get something out of a church if you're not scared of going on your own. Very true. So, like, from your experience, like, how did you get connected here? I moved in with someone that I didn't know before I moved in with them. Um, and TRBC was just so happened to be the first church we checked out. We went a couple times. Then we filled out the connect card to get in touch with the college group. And then Marty and the annoying youth associate at the time spammed us with texts and calls. You mean college associate? Uh, yeah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> not youth associates. Spammed us with texts and calls until we came. And then uh, we got plugged in with the Monday Night Bible Study, which ended up pairing with the BCM and just ended up getting plugged into both groups pretty heavily over time. Nice. It's very cool to hear that uh, my texting you had an impact. Oh, it did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anything you wish you had known, like things that just surprise you, like, you know, a roommate story or something that you had no way of preparing for? I would say academically speaking, um, so much of it is online and um i wasn't necessarily prepared for that in the beginning and now like especially if you're an incoming freshman for this fall you have an expectation of you know everything is going to pretty much be online so fsu's already sent out emails saying that there's going to be a lot of classes put to remote and everything and um that means you know you're going to have to pay attention to your due dates and due date like the time on the due date too because you can you can look at it and it'll be like 11:59 p.m. for every single assignment you've ever done and then all of a sudden there's, there's the one that's 11:59 a.m. Mm-hmm. and then you you're sitting there in the you know late at night doing the assignment and then you go to submit it and it's locked Yep. Yeah, so you got you to be prepared, be planned for everything. Yeah, and it's like you also have to kind of – like a lot of the professors don't understand how to do online yet. So they're not going to have sufficient reminders or like the assignments aren't going to be laid out in the calendar like they're supposed to be. <laughs> so you got to be really careful to make sure you have that because like I know for me with my major, there's a lot of discussion boards and you have to do a primary – post like four days before it's due but they never put a reminder saying you need to do a primary a post and it's like one sentence in this like three paragraph long assignment and you're like ah i missed it one of the things i i wish i'd prepared better for coming in as a freshman is just the ability to make myself study i was one of those people i kind of coasted through high school and I never really had to study. I, I got, you know, mostly B's, some A's. But then you get to college and you, for a lot of classes, have to study on your own. You're not going to get everything from what the teacher gives you during the short class periods. So you got to go home and dig into stuff on your own or else you have little to no chance of actually passing the class. You got anything, Faith? I'd say just kind of what Travis said is that you have to really be responsible with your time. Um, because you're, it's a lot different than high school. 
Um, and high school, it's really structured, and you know, you go to your class every single day, and the teachers kind of baby you, which people told me that in high school. I was like, no, they don't, but they do. Um, and so when you get to college, you're kind of just given everything and then almost expected to figure it out by yourself. Um, but at the same time, you really grow from that, and you become like a more independent person, and you're able to, I don't know, be proud of yourself at the end, I guess. Another kind of piggybacking off of that. The professors won't baby you by any means, but from my experience, a lot of them do want you to succeed. So if you're willing to put forth the effort and you treat them with respect and you go to them and ask for help, they'll do everything they can to help you learn the information, but they're not going to see that you're struggling and be the ones to reach out to you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're at a, if you're at a community college, TCC is my example, because that's where I went. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll you'll go in your freshman your freshman year your first semester. I will guarantee you if you structure yourself well, it'll be a breeze. You'll realize how much extra free time you have with how much like you know in high school you're you have to be there for you know however many hours it is, and then you know you're not left with as much free time in college. If you structure correctly, you will have so much free time that you'll start to, you know, kind of become less responsible with your time. So you also have to pay attention to that. But I, what I will say is that your freshman year, your first two semesters are probably the, you know, the easier semesters that you're going to have. And you're going to realize how much extra time you have. Don't let that trick you. Because going into your sophomore year, when you actually start taking, you know, a little bit of a higher level college course, it starts to feel a little less like high school review and more like I'm actually learning something. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need more time to actually get those things done. So I have one I want to throw out. Do you guys think if you can afford not to, do you think in freshman year you should have a job or not have a job? I know all most, I think everybody here pretty much had a job just out of necessity. So like if you have the choice, do you think you would have a job freshman year or not have a job? I think keeping busy is a very important thing, and I would have a job if if you can, um, even if it's like, you know, throw aside the you need money thing, just out of the sake of structuring yourself for success. If you have a job, you have a responsibility that you're going to be constantly doing, you have a routine, and that's going to, you know, make it to where you're practiced at doing things, you know, throughout your day. And I think a job would be important in that structure or you'll have too much free time and then start lollygagging. Yeah. That's what I, th I think of when I think of like having a job, it kind of gives you many due dates. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm not going to have any time to work on anything tomorrow. Cause I work a nine hour shift. So you think, okay, let me do it today. Or like, let me do it in the morning. Cause I work in the afternoon and it kind of, it helps to structure you. I would say so. Yeah, I did it fall semester of freshman year. I had saved up enough over the summer where I didn't need a job. And I found myself constantly sitting at home doing nothing. Um, and it, I felt like I was wasting a bunch of time. And in reality, I was. And then I went and got a job in the spring. And you know, I wasn't working a ton in the low 20 hours a week, somewhere around there. And just that was enough to reduce that amount of free time and essentially forced me to be productive in the free time that I had. And you could see a clear boost in my grades just from that, that small change in having a job between semesters. And I, I overall, my mentality was a lot better. I was a lot 
a lot more productive throughout the day and enjoyed it a lot more. Plus, getting a paycheck's pretty nice too. Oh yeah. I think that as Christians on campus, if we have a ton of free time where there's not like a church event going on or um, church friends to hang out because they're all working or in class, that it can be almost easy to get into things that we don't need to be in. Um, so I had a job freshman year and so obviously I didn't really have time to get into something that I didn't need to be in. But I feel like if I would have had free time, because you do make friends who aren't strong Christians just because they're in your classes. So um, I think it would be very easy to get into something that's bad for you if you, you're you not um, careful with your time. Okay. I kind of want to shift to um, upperclassmen. We're all upperclassmen at this point. So like, how can upperclassmen help freshmen kind of get adjust and get integrated into the culture of like college and all that? Or like, what can we do better? What do we do not so well? Like from, you know, Travis, you try, you taught a uh, small group Bible study. You know, I work as the associate for the college group. Faith, you're going to be a small group Bible study leader. Sawyer, I consider you a leader in the college group. So like we all have a little bit of experience. So how would you guys say we can improve or how what we do well? I'd say in that situation, the responsibility of reaching out falls on the upperclassmen because with, especially for the, the brand new freshmen that aren't transferring from a community college or anywhere else, they're, they're, they got to learn how to play the college games. They got a lot of stuff that's going through their head, a lot of stuff they're figuring out. You know, us who have been here two, three years, we're a little bit more used to it. We can add a little bit more without, you know, detrimenting ourselves. And I think if we have that mindset of, okay, I'm going to find one or two freshmen in whatever organization I'm plugged in with and kind of take them under my wing and show them how things work and build a relationship there that we could benefit them in ways that we'll never even know about. Yeah. Like, like you mentioned before, when I texted you to me, that was like nothing that really had no effect on my day other than losing three minutes to write a text. So like, it doesn't always take this huge effort of like taking them as your apprentice or something. Like it, it can be as easy as just, oh, hey, you should reach out to this kid and saying, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I agree. I would say that um, a lot of it has to do with, you know, when they are around, don't like let them <clears throat> make the same mistakes that you made. And stuff like that. I think that this is a good way of us kind of like sharing the mistakes that we made. And maybe some of them will listen to us. You never know if they will. But like, you know, at least try to help them not compound the errors and stuff like that. And, you know, do the right thing when they need to do the right thing. Yeah. I would say my biggest mistake my freshman year is I was homegrown. So I stayed in town for college. And um, I chose to kind of just stick around in the youth group and help in the youth group because, you know, I had a, a girlfriend in the youth group, so that I had an interest in that. So I didn't get involved with the college. And so I feel like that really kind of put me behind in the social circle that is the college. They're laughing at me right now, but that's all right. Um, but yeah, like, so I see a lot of people make that same mistake as me. So I'm kind of like, you know, trying to pull people to 
the college not because the not not because helping with youth is bad or anything just because it's such a bit like big experience and that freshman year is so vital to integrating into college culture i'd say yeah you got to know when it's time to move on you know good things are only good for a certain amount of time you can't stick around in one place forever everyone's got to shift to the next part of life and it's all part of growing and you know becoming the person you're supposed to be yeah and i think you i think you limit your your ability to be impactful um on those people at that point in time, like when you're a freshman in college, because there's a lot that's going to get in your way, a lot that's going to distract you and everything like that and and distract you for a good reason kind of thing, like things that you're going to want to be doing as a college student that, you know, are going to be lingering in the back of your head, but you're like, oh, I'm, you know, invested in this other thing. You know, you got to pick and choose where you're going to put your time. And uh, I think it's a good idea to, you know, pick to put a lot of your time into the things that you need to be doing as a freshman to kind of get your life started as a college student. That and you're, you're going to stop relating as well as you would to the people who are, are younger than you. If you're in high school, you're nine times out of 10 still living at home, not having to pay your own bills, buy your own food and stuff like that. You're not having to work a lot of the times. You're not having to balance a class schedule, a work schedule and a social schedule all at once. So there's a lot of things that are going on in your life that you can't relate to uh, high school students as well, and they can't relate to you. So there automatically becomes some sort of disconnect on some level, and it's bigger with some, smaller with others. But there's a, a looping back to it. you got to know when it's time to move on. Yeah, I think kind of what, like, what I got out of what Travis just said is that <clears throat> while there's still, like, people who can help you, when you're starting this new period of life. Like this is something you've never done before. You probably haven't done anything like it before and it comes with a whole new challenge. So when you're around new people, so like you go to a college group who have already started experiencing this, it's you grow so much and they're able to help you. And like my freshman year, the whoever I connected with most in the BCM group, Megan, she texted me like before school even started and was like, don't forget to get your parking pass. And I completely would have forgotten and probably gotten towed or fined or something. But because I had her to help me and then um, help remind me of things that I wouldn't even remember, um, I mean, it, it really helped. So I think you definitely need to make that big jump to go meet new people, but it's worth it. So I think probably in the last five minutes of our series topic, so how much would you say you've grown spiritually just since you've entered college and all that? I don't know if there's like technically a measure, measure yeah, there's not a for measure, that, but I would think you, I, do I would you feel say closer to God. <laughs> how many cups more spiritual? <laughs> I would say, I would say, you know, definitely more. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely the answer to that question. Um, you know, I, I think that the way that specifically up here in our college ministry, the way that Marty targets his sermons and uh, makes make sure to uh, pull, you know, stuff out that's highly relatable to us and uh, very impactful on what we're currently going through. I think that it helps you to grow just that alone. And then you have our Bible studies, which you know, help you grow in the sense of how to pull apart scripture 
um, and, you know, make it make sense um, even more in depth than you have ever done before. And um, I think there are, there's a lot of things that are taught and in youth group and everything that like work for that, you know, that period of your life. And then you like, you move up and then you're in college and there's a lot of things that are taught, like how to pull apart scripture and everything and all of that more in depth and our, and that, you know, spans through. And now that you know that you can use that to better influence yourself once you're, you know, on as an adult on your own kind of thing. So I think it definitely has helped me you know, I can I couldn't put a measurement on it if I needed to. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say definitely significantly. Um, who I am now is drastically different than who I was freshman year, and who I was freshman year is even more drastically different than who I was in high school. Um, you know, I see freshman year as kind of like a year where you're supposed to be a sponge, kind of absorb everything you can, learn from people. You know, people show you the ropes, and you you get that knowledge of how the game, the college game, is played. And then from sophomore year on, you should still be learning, but you are in a position where you can help those new freshman sponges to be learning the right things. And, and you know, I learned more when I was leading a small group Bible study for the one semester that we do it. I learned more in that semester than I probably did in two or three years before that. Because sitting down once a week to prepare for the Bible study, my mindset was I want to be able to answer any questions that could possibly come up, and I want to be, ans- be able to answer them accurately from scripture so i put in two or three hours a week of just that one passage pulling it apart and making sure i had all the bases covered and for me i I got a lot more out of it than i'm sure any of the kids in the bible study even did that's a very good point yeah i would say like obviously i wasn't very involved freshman year but my sophomore and junior year i was very heavily involved in the college and i would say those two years I grew more than I did the first 18 years of my life, like just flat out, like teach the teaching and just it's more in depth. And and I think what really helped me to be involved is ownership of the group. Like Marty's very big on if you guys want something to happen, make it happen. Like if you want to do an event, do it. You got my permission, go with it, do that thing. And so I think that really worked for me because I like to take the initiative on things and I have a lot of ideas and stuff. So it was kind of cool to be in a group where I could do, I could feel like I could do things. And I felt like I was a big part of the group and planning and making things happen. Yeah. Um, I say like, just like everybody else has said that I've grown so much since I started college ministry. Um, So I was a sponge this last year, like Travis said, and I got to soak in everything the older students and the ministers were telling me, and it's made a huge difference. Um, I've grown up in church my whole life, but this past year, being able to um, just take in everything all at once, I say I've grown, I mean, more than I could have ever imagined. All right, so we're going to move into the last segment, uh, last segment, which is the funny part. And this week we have Travis and Faith, who are both the oldest siblings. And then we have Sawyer and I, who are the youngest siblings. So the question is, 
why are younger siblings always superior to older siblings? I don't know why you'd ask something that is clearly <laughs> wrong. But um, I would say that older siblings, there, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, you know, being the older sibling, I was the kind of the guinea pig. <laughs> My parents had to figure out how to be a parent. Um, so they definitely made mistakes along the way. But, you know... Mistakes bring people closer. Um, so suffering through those things together with my parents definitely made me the favorite. Uh, <laughs> um, all you younger siblings out there, you're not the favorite, I promise. Oh, wow. Um, but overall, older siblings are smarter. They're uh, generally more cared for, stronger, just better all around. Yeah, I feel like the data doesn't support that at all. But <laughs> yeah, give me an example. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I can't cite studies right now, obviously, exactly. but I'm pretty sure the youngest sibling has been shown to be the smartest, almost universally. Are you I do. I do think. I would say. I would say. <laughs> I would say that the older sibling probably typically has the the more uh, like parental instinct and stuff like that in a way, like you know, the, the maturity level, <laughs> battle hardened. I guess you could say. Um, you know, they, they had like, you know, if you, your parents ever went out for dinner or something like that and your older sibling was old enough to where you didn't need a babysitter, they're, you know, the oh, head you, of the house when you're you there. You needed kind a babysitter. We were just stuck being that babysitter. And it was awful. <laughs> nah, see, Lawson, yeah, no. Lawson, Lawson was not the babysitter. I can promise <laughs> you that right now. Neither one of us were, but, you know, our parents trusted us. We didn't break anything that they so. found out about. <laughs> we didn't break anything. Oh man, we I stand we broke by that. stuff. Uh, oof. Can't get into that. Um, me and Ben mutually broke something at our grandparents one time. I was mutually. Down <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel, but I do feel like there's a stronger connection between oldest and youngest siblings than like youngest and middle or oldest and middle siblings. Like I feel like definitely for me, like me and my my brother who was the oldest he was eight years older than me and we were best friends so i think i feel like even though we can't really settle who's superior between youngest and oldest at least we're not middle childs like you know middle (laughs) children are the worst yeah they're the worst they just i think we can agree on that right yeah i can agree like there's nothing special uh, about it. circumstantial too it depends on the family i've met some older siblings that are just you know equivalent to a box of rocks and the younger siblings that are the same it it depends on the family and people yeah i just i look at it like a book so like the the beginning's really important the end's really important but the middle is the the middle if if there's a lull like the 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 end's gonna take it take care of it you know yeah but you you can think about too there's (laughs) there's kind of a totem pole you got the oldest the middle the youngest and then there's another totem pole in the ground below it that are single children. Oh. <laughs> Only children are spoiled and oh, man. get everything they want. But they're really lonely, Travis. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> One of my best friends growing up was a single child, and he was not spoiled at all. <laughs> was not spoiled at all. No, I would, I would say I was spoiled in comparison to him. That's 100%. Faith, you've been really quiet on this topic. Um, I, she doesn't want to be mean to her brother. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. She, she's worried um, about the repercussions. See, older, older, older siblings are more compassionate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
That is true. I don't care about anybody. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the fact that you don't want to upset him implies that you have something negative to say. No. Well, if you didn't, then you would not upset him. Well, obviously I'm going to argue for the older child point, so then I would have to say something negative to prove my point about him. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Her mom listens to this podcast. She does. She listened to last week. So, So, and I moved back home because of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) You lived on your own for what, like two months? (laughs) (laughs) Still have to pay rent, so... Yeah. Alright, well, uh, thanks for joining us on the College Life Podcast. Uh, Please take note that these are all opinions and not based in fact. Um, That's speaking to Travis's points and not mine. (laughs) Alright, see you next week. (laughs)